Many Americans share the experience of learning a classic narrative about the first Thanksgiving that might go as follows. A group of religious separatists called Pilgrims sailed to Cape Cod on board the Mayflower in 1620. They landed on a rock they quickly named for their city of departure in England, Plymouth, and wrote an egalitarian compact to govern their new colony. The Pilgrims proceeded to make friends with the native inhabitants of New England, including Squanto, who taught the settlers how to grow American crops and hunt and fish in the New World. To cement a bond of friendship, the Pilgrims decided to invite the Indians to a feast they called Thanksgiving, with cooked turkey, cranberry sauce, potatoes, and pumpkin pie. Like most legends and traditions, there are kernels of truth here. For starters, the Mayflower was a real ship. Before ferrying the pilgrims across the ocean to the New World, the Mayflower was outfitted as a merchant ship, sailing around Europe carrying wine and textiles. And speaking of the pilgrims, in reality, the English dissenters on board the Mayflower called themselves saints, not pilgrims. And they landed on a beach in Provincetown, Massachusetts, not a rock in Plymouth. They had a tumultuous relationship with the native Wampanoag tribe, marked by suspicion and accusations of theft on both sides. Tisquantum, the man called Squanto by the colonists, had been captured and made a slave by English traders years before, and returned to find his people almost entirely decimated by disease. He used his skills as a translator and expert hunter to gain favor with the English and helped them rebound from the disastrous winter of 1620, when about half of the colony died of starvation and disease. Around harvest time in 1621, the settlers' fortunes had improved to the point that they held a three-day feast of thanksgiving attended by a group of Wampanoag men who may have been trying to negotiate a peace agreement. The Indian men brought five deer to the feast and likely brought along cod, goose, dried corn, and fruit to the colonial potluck. Historians also speculate that other locally sourced game, such as swans, lobsters, and even seals, likely made an appearance on the menu. However, there is no historical record of turkey, pumpkin pie, or football. Thanksgiving was made a national holiday in the United States in 1863 during the Lincoln presidency. At that time, a lack of serious historical scholarship combined with prevailing ideas about Native Americans contributed to misconceptions about the historic holiday. Today, we still have images of pilgrims in buckled hats and with buckles on their shoes. Those buckled shoes so synonymous with Thanksgiving that we are all so familiar with. Were they actually a thing? 17th century shoemaking went like this. Shoemakers made shoes first by making wooden lasts, or blocks of foot-shaped wood carved into different sizes. Next, a leather upper was stretched over the last and fastened with glue until it was ready to be fastened to the sole. The leather sole would be pounded with metal tools and an awl was used to cut holes. Then, the upper was removed from the last and the sole and upper were sewn together before the shoe was cleaned, polished, and fitted with a heel. 
Finally, the shoes were hung in the shoemaker's store. A standard pair of shoes would take between 8 and 10 hours to make. Early shoemakers used the same pattern to make a pair of shoes, meaning the left and right shoes were exactly the same. These sturdy handmade leather shoes were called latchets. Latchets had leather straps used to tie the shoe onto the feet. The leather straps were sturdy, practical, and affordable. This answers in large part our question about buckles on pilgrim shoes. Most historical sources say that buckles were expensive and not in fashion at the time of those early pilgrims. That suggests that much of the modern imagery we have today of pilgrims, covered head to toe in drab black and white, covered in buckles, are images conceived by Victorian-era artists and not based on any historical facts. Almost 10 years after the first Thanksgiving in 1629, the first shoemakers arrived in New England, bringing their skills with them and expanding the styles, quality, and materials used to make shoes in the colonies. Unlike the Pilgrims, the first shoemaker to arrive in Massachusetts, Thomas Beard, did in fact land at Plymouth. Later, closer to the middle of the 17th century, buckles became very popular in England as an expensive fashion statement. Those who were too poor to afford buckles continued to wear leather laces on their latchets. Samuel Pepys gives us one of the earliest written records of buckles appearing on shoes. In January 1660, Pepys said, quote, This day I began to put on buckles to my shoes. Close quote. Buckles were used heavily in the latter part of the 17th century through most of the 18th century until around 1790, when the French Revolution and fashion trends of the day brought about a shift towards less ostentation in daily dress. According to Chambers' encyclopedia, buckle manufacture would become a major industry in England, where they were also exported to supply the American colonies with all the shoe buckles they could desire. Quote, in the latter half of the 18th century, the manufacture of buckles was carried on most extensively in Birmingham, there being at one time not less than 4,000 people directly employed in that town and its vicinity, who turned out 2,500,000 pairs of buckles annually. The prices ranged from one shilling to five guineas, and even ten guineas a pair. These buckles were made from a variety of metals. Silver, brass, iron, steel, copper, and pewter were common choices, and could be plain or very flashy, incorporating real or paste gemstones, commemorative motifs, or pleasing designs. One could easily change the look of an average shoe by giving it a good blacking and putting an eye-catching buckle on it. Luckily, Buckles or no buckles on pilgrim shoes makes no difference when it comes to appreciating Thanksgiving for what it is today. It's a time to take pause for a moment, and hopefully spend a few moments with loved ones. It's a time to focus on expressions and feelings of gratitude. It's a time to remember that gratitude is a choice. That gratitude turns what we already have into enough. It's a time to really think about the fact 
that happiness is not what brings gratitude. Rather, it is gratitude that brings happiness. Happy Thanksgiving. This is the Immortal Souls Podcast, signing off. Thank you all for tuning in to this episode of the Immortal Souls Podcast. For more information, show notes, pictures, or just to say hi, check us out at immortalsoulspodcast.com, Instagram, or Twitter. Original theme music by Scott Spriggs. Five-star reviews are always helpful and hugely appreciated. Until next time, keep walking the roads less traveled.